you have huge ambitions and big dreams, but are worried that you will never reach them due to ADHD holding you back. We are here to tell you, show you and prove to you that you can and you will reach your goals despite all of the challenges we ADHDs face. Understand your brain, crush your symptoms, hyper-focus on your goals and leverage your unique strengths so you can enjoy your life, feel better and finally live up to your true potential. Welcome to the ADHDers podcast. Hello and welcome everyone to the next episode of our ADHDers podcast. Today I'm here with Trevor Lorber, a serial entrepreneur currently active in the time management business, uh, time management with um, a project called Day Optimizer. But Trevor, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're up to at the moment, and yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, yeah, uh, I have been working on an app called Day Optimizer. I'm trying to help people get better with time management. Um, and so let me just tell you a little of the history of that. Like I've been into personal development for a long time um, and coming up with different systems for myself. And about eight or 10 years ago, I developed this way of creating a daily schedule um, that helped me create a better daily schedule. So it's um, this three-step process and I would do it on paper for years. I would just like have two index cards where I'd be writing down everything I need to do that day, allocate time and create a schedule. And then two years ago, I decided to make that into an app to make it a lot easier. Um, but now I've started doing a deep dive into time management and all the science around how, um, how to be more productive, how to beat procrastination, how to increase focus, all those sort of things that you need to do um, to have a more productive day. And, and then ultimately the goal of that is to have more free time because if you're more productive during your work day, you have more time for um, play. Um, very nice. I think that's like a perfect, perfect, perfect fit for our podcast because these things are exactly one of the main things people with ADHD struggle with. the self-regulation and with that, what comes with it, the planning of your day. And you wrote a very nice fulfilling your potential because very common theme because we focus on high-performing ADHDers. And so very often it's that they get a, something's done, but still there's such a big time, it's just wasted on activities transitioning on social media on whatever because yeah they maybe never needed to schedule a day and many people just hate it with ADHD also so that's very fitting can you tell us a little bit how does that work um yeah start where you want focus day whatever yeah totally so let me describe the process first and then yeah, I can talk about some other concepts that help people um with time management so um Actually, let me back up and first tell you why a daily schedule works, because I think that's probably important, because a lot of people will resist the structure of it. Um, ADHD, and I, especially. <laughs> structure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, the first thing I will say is key to know that um, the planning process is just as important as the plan itself. So that's often missed is like, when I, when I create my daily schedule, most days I don't follow it exactly. I almost never actually follow it exactly. It's not the plan that's important, it's the process. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is if we talk about a daily schedule, 
um, what we're doing is we're setting times for when we're going to do different tasks. We're figuring out when our appointments are in the day and kind of blocking things around that. We may be putting in, um, because we're doing time management, not task management, we're kind of saying, okay, uh, when, when am I going to eat lunch? All those sort of things, the things that take up time in your day. The process of creating that schedule helps us understand how much time we have in our day and how much time we don't have so that way we can focus on the key important things, right? So most of us put way too much on our to-do list. And if we're working from the to-do list, every time we look at it, we just grab the next shiny item and start working on it, right? By actually blocking out your day, you can like reduce that list and say, okay, this is what I can realistically accomplish or attempt to accomplish today. Um, and then when we're creating a schedule, we are creating what the research calls implementation intentions. This is an if-then statement. If these conditions occur, then I will do that. And what the research says is that people who create these statements, these implementation intentions, are far more likely to follow through with them and do their goals, much more so than if they just say, oh, I intend to do this task. If you say, I intend to do this task at this time, at this place, you're just much more likely to do it. Um, so you can think of a schedule as just this series of implementation intentions. And so by, by consciously creating that schedule, you are setting those intentions. Again, even if you never look at the schedule for the rest of the day, it's there, but the, but the schedule helps you ensure you're gonna get those things done. But it is nice to look at the schedule because one of the things the start time does, like when I create a start time, I'm creating a, an objective trigger for when to start that task. If it's 10 o'clock and I decided that 10 o'clock I'm going to start working on my taxes, it's really hard to tell yourself, well, now I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to go on Facebook. You yourself just said at 10 o'clock I'm going to work on my taxes. Mm -hmm. So you're going against yourself to do that. So you can always, people will uh, um, procrastinate in those situations, but it makes it much harder. So it's not like a perfect solution, but it nudges you toward actually getting started because you've got this objective trigger. And then the other thing people will do is they go down rabbit holes, right? So you start a task and especially with things like research, right? you say, okay, I'm gonna spend an hour on this. And three hours later, you're there like, oh, where did the time go, mm. right? Story just of my got, life. <laughs> yeah, you get lost in things. Um, and even if it's something that like you're working on, like, you know, maybe you need to get your tax returns done, um, but you, you, that's not the only thing you can do today. You've got a bunch of other stuff. If you wound up spending like, you know, four hours on your taxes, you won't get the other important stuff done. So you still have to limit yourself. So by setting this end time, we're setting a duration that determines an end time. You're creating this moment of mindfulness that then says, okay, should I keep working on the task? And the answer is it depends, right? If this is the most important task for your day, like, you know, say it's tax day, well then yes, you keep working on that task. Um, but if it's not the most important task, you need to kind of wrap it up and move on to your next task. But it gives you that conscious decision versus if you're not setting an end time, you haven't created any trigger, any tripwire to help you um, evaluate whether you should keep working on it or not.
Right. Yeah, I love that concept. Could you elaborate a little bit more because the the mindfulness aspect, mindfulness aspect, I really like that one because I think that's that's a great example how meditation can you even help with uh, planning your day because then you can become mindful of this. Yeah, transition points. Can you talk a little bit more about how people can yeah start noticing when they are overdue or this realm if you get what I mean. Yeah, so I think um, uh, it is developing a little bit of that practice of to poking your head up every once in a while while you're working and check in on where you're at. Um, and so like if you have the schedule, like, you know, I will often have it on the other screen. So like if my vision just moves over, I go, oh, okay, yeah, I've got something new wow. happening. Sometimes- so you have triggers. You've got you triggers. You can print it out, put it on your desk or something like that. Triggers like that. Another thing that helps is um, setting timers to go off. And I'll mm -hmm. often set up timers. I've got this, uh, uh, there's this little thing called a time cube where I can just like turn it over and set for like 30 minutes, 60 minutes, um, mm, whatever. And, and then and it, it beeps. Ah, great. It just beeps at the end of that. Yeah. Um, and so especially in the beginning, um, I think it's useful to like set a timer and even set timers in the middle of the task. So if you're going to work on something for an hour, an hour and a half, I tend to never schedule thing more than 90 minutes because that is the kind of the, the max amount of time I can concentrate, but I will set t like half an hour timers in there. Sometimes I'll even do 15 minute timers just to kind of set that pacing for myself and remind myself to check in with where I'm at during that. Um, but certainly if you're at the beginning of that, creating those external check-in, that the external rhythm is really nice. So you can do that on your phone, just set a 30 minute timer. And then usually the phones will let you like snooze it. Like I have an iPhone, so I can set a 30 minute timer. When that goes off, I just um, uh, click reset and it resets another 30 minutes. Um, and then that kind of creates this nice pacing and this reminder to check in. Right. Yeah, with timers, I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship because I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term that exists with ADHD, it's hyper-focus. So in general, ADHD is a problem not with attention itself, but with regulating attention. And if we have oh, okay. something that really interests us, then we can get into a super deep, yeah, make, maybe even call it flow state where you have such an intense focus. And then a timer can throw you off and get you out of that brain and it can be super hard to re-enter it. But at the same time, it's also needed sometimes to have this time period because if, if you're net 100, if you can't get into that state, you have these um, yeah, really transitioning periods where it's just shifting attention to just, if you get into that um, too confused mode, you really need that extra break. And Russell Barclay has the talk where he even says people with ADHD need more breaks than um, the neurotypical people because then basically you are, um, your frontal lobe and your frontal cortex is the energy there is gone if you're switching tasks all the time and can't focus. So, so there's this, this dichotomy because on one hand, trimas can be useful. At the other time, it can, when you finally become, get into the focus state, it can also throw you out of it. So, Yeah, well, and, and, and then use it, uh, um, make that conscious decision though then at the beginning and identify, is this a task that, if, if, again, if it's the most important task for your day, it's mm -hmm. probably fine if you're not paying attention to the time. Um, in which case, yeah, don't set a timer and just go and get into those hyper-focused states and run with it. 
But if you're getting into a hyper-focused state on a non-important task, then you actually probably want that interruption anyway, because you do want to get out of that task. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say, it is, I found it's very important to, to set that timer tone. So I actually do prefer most of the time my phone over um, the time cube. It depends upon what energy I want from the timer, right? The time cube will give this beep, 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 beep. And that's a kind of very jarring. It's like pops you right back out again, right? Um, for my iPhone, I have this nice like gentle kind of gong going on. Mm. So, so I think being conscious and, and you can even set different uh, um, uh, one, um, tones for different sort of timers. I think being very conscious about what tone you're using for that can really help because if you do like a gentle gong, that that won't pull you out as much as that kind of beep, beep, beep timer. Definitely, I can definitely see that being true. I usually, when I use timers, I always had these super annoying beep timers, but yeah, it's oh, another yeah. variable that you kind of can't play with. Really interesting. Great. Then one other question that you mentioned earlier, because with ADHD is always this dichotomy, I, um, I like to call it, because people in on the one hand hate structure, but they also need structure in order to gain flexibility. Because if you have no structure at all, your environment dictates your behavior. You just do whatever you see yeah. and then you scan, maybe you waste it on your social media. So do you have any thoughts on the, yeah, the structure versus flexibility so how much planning planning and chunks planning specific tasks so any recommendations or thoughts on that topic so i've always said that um uh productivity is personal so everyone our brains all work differently and so what works for one person may not work for another person so the first thing i always say is constantly experiment try out different methods to see what works for you. Some people like the Pomodoro technique works really well. Some people it doesn't. Some people like, you know, I was just writing um, this response to this email talking about how people organize their workday. There's some people who like to have strict work personal separation. So they like to work, okay, I'm working nine to five and then I'm not working. And there's other people who like to interweave work and personal together. They like to go to the store. They like to go for for a run in the middle of their day and kind of weave it together. Mm. And both are valid. The key though is a lot of times people will get stressed out when they think they should be one way or the other way. And so figuring out what works for you and accepting that is key. But yeah, trying out um, very different techniques and then understanding that structure like you said, structure can create freedom. They often say constraints create uh, um, creativity. And in the same way, uh, if you're blocking out your day and saying, um, not that I'm gonna do this specific thing at this time, but I'm gonna do this type of task. So like if you're like a freelancer running your own business, you, you have to do some networking, you need to do some marketing and you need to do some actual work. And maybe you just need some like strategy time, just blocking those out and say, okay, this time I'm doing marketing and then I'll figure it out at that point. Like, you know, from one to three, I'm doing marketing at one, I'll figure out what I'm actually doing. So that can give you some structure while also retaining your freedom. And then the final point I go back to, which is the 
even if you don't follow the structure exactly, creating the structure alters your mind in such a way to make you more productive. So again, like, you know, I'm a big fan of the scheduling your day. Not everyone is doing that, but the fact that you go through a process and you schedule your day changes, you've primed your mind in a certain way that is going to alter how you then execute that day, even if you never look at the schedule again. Yeah, that makes total sense. Very interesting. Never thought about that in these terms because, yeah, that is my story with time management since university, that's a very typical ADG thing again, like trying one system and then it works for a month and then it doesn't work at all because it becomes overwhelming and you start another different thing. And um, that we got what really helped me the most is one journal, which we also use in our coaching. And it's mm -hmm. basically you start as simple as possible with maybe in the evening just prioritizing one task. And then from that, you can, if, you, um, if it doesn't work for you, you just try something new. But you stick to that kind of system and modify it so that you have something that yeah, really fits to you and what kind of tools you need. Because in these, as you also mentioned, everyone is different. And with ADHD, our brain are much different than neurotypical brains. And so it can be hard, a pre-med um, journal, a pre-med planning system, where there are all these modules you have, like, prioritization and maybe gratitude and other aspects that you have to do to plan your day so it becomes overwhelming so um yeah now i lost my train of thought the question well, that let, i let had me, in mind yeah while you're thinking about that let me just inject in there um one piece of valuable advice in there because i think it's useful to think in terms that you shouldn't be implementing any productivity system like like full-blown right right away there's just, there's too much to learn right so you tend to level up right you start like you said start small maybe i just like like determine one priority first and then kind of like layer on things um as i go as i learn the system i get better at it and all that um the thing i think people miss though and this is what happens is well two things one they they try to level up too quickly and then they hit that overwhelm point and then the system doesn't work and it comes crashing yeah. down. The other point is people feel that once they've gone up a level, they can't go back down. And that's a key mistake because then, because if you, if you say, okay, now, now that I'm doing this, this, and this, now that I'm like, you know, like, like in my system, right, you're, you're going to commit to what you're going to do today. Okay. You could just commit. You just could, could take your total, your master to-do list and create a daily to-do list. That could be it. And then you level up to say, okay, now I'm going to start allocating time to everything. Okay, you could do that. And, and then you could create a schedule. Okay, you could do that. And so basically you're kind of leveling up. But then people don't think that, oh, I can actually go backwards. I can go like, it's too overwhelming for me right now to create a whole schedule. Let me just create my daily to-do list. Let me take my master and create my daily to-do list, right? it's fine to go back down and that actually can keep you can um, retain the momentum with the system that when you're ready that, that you can level back up. But if you come to a full stop, it's really hard to get started again. So the idea is I often talk about it like, um, like a stoplight system, you know, when you're really using your productivity systems, you're at green light figure out and then and then if you fall off the wagon you're at red light 
figure out what your yellow light looks like. Figure out what that, I'm slowing down, but I'm still moving forward. And then you can speed back up to a, to, to a green light system later on. But like, give yourself permission to go to a yellow light state when you need it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, very nice thought. I mean, consistency is so important in every aspect in life. And if, if remembering that you can also go back into your step, if that helps you stay consistent, which it definitely will, um, I think this is definitely a great thing. Okay. Let's maybe get a little bit more practical. Coming back also to your process, could you walk us through like an example, how would you schedule a day? Would you do it in the evening, in the morning? Like which specific um, actions are involved if you are planning the day? Yeah, so on the, yeah, on the timing, uh, um, I recommend, it, it depends upon the type of person you are, but for like um, people who are mostly in control of their time and where their time has high leverage, like what they spend their time on determines their success. And where you're constantly learning something, you're not doing um, the same task day, day in and day out. I recommend to only schedule like one day at a time or maybe two days ahead because too much changes. You don't know what you're going to accomplish today or not accomplish today. So how can you plan tomorrow? Right. If you don't accomplish something today, well then you have to do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I like to plan one day at a time, whether you do that the night before or in the morning is kind of up to you. Um, I'm a morning person. I wake up in the morning and schedule my day. Um, sometimes even when I'm in bed, cause I've got the, the mobile app, I'll just schedule in bed. But usually when I come to my, um, when I wake up, I get to sit down on my computer. I'll spend five or 10 minutes planning out my day. Um, but we have got customers who plan the night before that's, I don't really see too much benefit. If you're one of those persons who needs the, I've got the schedule already prepared to kind of get that motivation in the morning, do it the night before, but otherwise it doesn't matter. Um, as for the process itself, um, I'll explain it on paper, the paper version, so your, your guests can do it on paper. Um, and then of course, uh, Day Optimizer adds additional functionality around that. But the core thing is, um, first what you wanna do is create a daily to-do list. And so I, I used to do this with two index cards. So I take one index card and write down everything you're going to do today. And that's all your tasks, um, all your appointments and all your daily activities. So this is everything that takes up time in your day. So eating lunch, exercising, meditation, anything like that, that may not be on your task list, but it's going to take up time during your day. You want to write that down. Um, and then like, look at the list, brainstorm, try to think, is there anything else I'm missing? So I'll, a lot of times I'll go through my email to see, is there any critical email I'm going to be, that's going to trigger a big task today, things like that. Once you have that list, that's your commitment list for today. That's what you're going to uh, attempt to do. Next, you go and you allocate. So what you do is assign how much time you want to spend working on it. Um, so one of the key things about the system is you're not focused on time estimation. So time estimation is figuring out how long a task takes to get done, which for any sort of complex task is really hard, right? Like something could take four hours or 40 hours. It just depends upon what problems you run into, all sorts of different things. But so it's hard to control the estimated time for a task. 
but it's easier to control how much time you're spending on things. So for your important tasks, you can say, I'm going to spend two hours on this today. So go through and allocate how much time you're going to spend. I uh, recommend just doing it in 15 minute blocks. If it takes a little bit less than 15 minutes, that's okay. That just gives you a little bit of buffer time to do everything else. Uh, if you're trying to schedule things too, at too fine of a granularity, then you almost certainly will get off schedule and it, it, it causes too much stress. So I recommend just kind of 15 minute blocks. Um, so yeah, I'll just go through and say, oh, this will be 15 minutes, this is 30 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Write, write that all through. Um, so now you've kind of allocated everything. So the third step is to schedule, right? And um, so the other index card, you write the start time of your day. So like, say you're starting at nine o'clock, you're at 9 a.m. And go pick one of the tasks from your list, right? Um, that you wanna do at 9 a.m. Write that next to the 9 a.m. slot. And then it will tell you, okay, that task is, you committed to doing an hour and a half of work on that task. So then the next time I write is 10.30. Now picks the ne next task, write that task down. And just kind of keep working down your day and doing it. If you're using a, a paper day planner, it might even have all those blocks for you and you can just kind of fill things out and mark it down, that works as well. Um, but go through the separate step of first creating your daily task list and your list of commitments for today and allocating before you do that schedule step. Because otherwise what happens is people tend to cheat themselves. If you're just working from a master list and scheduling each one, you'll go, oh, that task that normally should take an hour, I can do it in a half an hour. Because you'll see the time shrinking and we tend to cheat ourselves. So I think it's really important to make sure that you allocate everything before you even look at your schedule. Um, yeah. And then you just go through and you schedule out your day. Um, I recommend people schedule buffer and breaks in, in there too, to handle like when things aren't necessarily going to plan. Um, oftentimes when people do this um, for the first time, they find that they committed to way too much. And so then this becomes this kind of trade-off implicit prioritization process where you're there like, okay, I added something to my schedule. Like is something that I, I haven't scheduled yet more important. Okay. If so, then let me take that one off and replace it with the more important item. And so that kind of helps you um, ensure you're focusing on your priorities, the things that mm, are going to give you the yeah, biggest. That's, that's what I was going to them. ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so it's a, it's a different process of prioritization than doing it up front from a list, right? A lot, of, it's very hard to rank order something. A lot of times people are like, oh, is it's a three star, you know, one to five stars. Yes, you can do that. And that can be useful. But if you have, if you've scheduled everything in your day and you have no more time, it's a simple, it's a, it's a, it's a paired uh, comparison prioritization process, right? It's, is this item, which item should I do, A or B? I can only do one of them because you know you can't do more. You've just scheduled out your day. So which one? And that type of prioritization where you have to pick A or B is a very effective way of prioritization, right? Because you can't rank both the same. You can't say, oh, they're both five stars in importance. You have to pick one or the other. And so it forces you to prioritize in a way that just kind of like ranking your stuff doesn't as much, um, or rather like assigning ratings to each one doesn't as much. 
Um, so yeah, that becomes this kind of implicit prioritization process where you prioritize, you create your priorities by what you decide to schedule. And if you didn't schedule it, it's obviously not a priority. And if it is, you should have scheduled it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Yeah, we'll definitely try some of these um, in my current time planning because what I'm doing is journaling and mostly prioritization is a big part, which also I'm highlighting. That's what I was going to ask it because it's another common problem with ADHD. People just have all these things and then uh, they are all equally important. And in the end, the important, the actually important stuff is what gets uh, procrastinated on, where it kind of falls off the bandwagon. So I always like to have some sort of system to yeah, really keeps you focused in the end on these important tasks and you don't end up doing, yeah, pro that's one slang word for it, pro procrastivity, something like that. <laughs> it's ex explaining like you're doing things, but you're not actually doing what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so, so regardless that system, many good prioritization systems limit you in some way and force oh. you to make choices. Um, so you'll have the, your top three most important tasks. Well, you can only have three, you can't have five. So that's a way of doing it. Um, but when you are struggling with the, everything's important, the, um, matching things off pairing uh -huh. and saying, which is better A or B there's actually a whole technique called the paired comparison technique, which your listeners can look up as a great technique. It's a little bit gnarly to use but um but in this scenario where i'm looking at i've got something on my schedule i've got something that hasn't been scheduled yet which one wins right mm -hmm. it's, it's a forced prioritization process because you've created this constraint that i only have a limited number of limited amount of time in my day you have you haven't created the constraint that's true you always have a limited time in your day so you're just recognizing that um so that goes back to the creating the schedule. Even if you never look at your schedule, you've now identified your priorities for the day based upon your time. And that's my list of things I can work on today. Everything else I'm not allowed to work on until those are done. Interesting. Yeah, makes sense. Especially like the thing about comparison, random side fact that I remembered because in, in, automate, in the automotive space, if big car companies want to basically establish pricing and establish how they should price certain futures. For example, how should the, another door or how should the new hi-fi system price? They also have a similar thing where they give two price options to consumers with two different cars. For example, one with hi-fi in red, one in red with hi-fi and other doors. And they give different um, pricing options and consumer does just have to choose what they prefer. And they don't see which, um, then they have 10, 10 varieties they have to choose. So they give them different cars. And that's where, where they compute, like how could, should we price these things? Because consumers, if you ask them how much would you pay for a hi-fi, no, nobody can see that. But if they have different options, they choose, okay, I would pay 20,000 with this combination. So that's a way to use that principle in science. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a variation of the paired comparison technique. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, um, you, you need that. Uh, the computer system to do all the math around that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. not, not I, the best I, suitable for home uses. Or, or if you put some effort in it, it could be, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Another question, because we talked a lot about time management and there also is like the productivity aspect. Do you have any hacks besides scheduling, like for improved focus? Is that something, any thought on that part? 
Yes. Well, the, the, the last thing related to improved focus that will tie into the scheduling is the, um, the fact that you, even if you don't schedule, um, setting a limited time, right? A time block. Um, that will help you focus more. So the idea there is you're creating artificial time scarcity. And when resources are scarce, whether that's time, money, whatever, we focus, we pay more attention to them, right? And we use them more judiciously. So your brain doesn't know the difference between um, like artificial scarcity and real scarcity. Like if you say I only have an hour and a half to work on this, or I only have an hour to work on this, your brain treats it as if there's scarcity. And so it goes more into a focus state. Um, so that's one le- kind of little quick brain hack you can do um, to do that. Um, the expanding outside from that, um, I'll touch on a, a one or two other things um, that we've kind of implemented in Day Optimizer that you can also do on paper um, and then kind of expand out past that. The one thing that um, will help kind of increase your motivation, which then also increases your focus, um, is to kind of increase your dopamine levels. Um, And so one strategy uh, with that, that we use with Day Optimizer is letting people check things off. Um, And obviously, all task manager lists have things to check it off. Um, But the key is when you've got a multi-day task that you're working on, you can't check it off on a task management because once you check it off, it's done, right? And it disappears. So we introduced the idea of done today versus done forever. So the idea is once I've spent the time on it today, I check it off as done today. That gives me my dopamine hit. It also makes it... Uh, um, later on, when I look at my list throughout the day, I'm not distracted by the fact that that's undone. It's actually crossed off my list. I can only look at the things that are not crossed off. Um, so it kind of gives me this kind of sense of accomplishment and reduces distraction. The next day, it reappears as an option for you to, to schedule. Once it's finally done, then you mark it done forever. So how I've been explaining, if you're using a paper-based system to use this, is when you scratch something off, do one scratch for done today and two scratches for done forever, right? And then the next day when you're creating your commitment list for the day, copy over everything that doesn't have any scratches because you didn't do it at all and anything that only has one scratch, right? And so now this can help you get those dopamine hits throughout the day that help kind of maintain your motivation. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah, um, I mean, dopamine is an essential topic in the realm of ADHD, so that's also something I talk a lot about. Um, and yeah, the task list is a great way checking things off. That's when we use a lot of habits around um, improving, and then there's the exact same thing, having something to check a habit off, which gives you that dopamine boost and really keeps you on track. Um, and another thing about dopamine that I always recommend is having like exercise in between. I think that's yes. even true for ADHD. Like you have some some tasks and in the middle of the day, some exercise, and this really can kickstart your next work session and something that's been essential for me to really be productive. Yeah, I agree. In fact, actually, um, uh, that goes into a broader concept, but like almost any physical activity, but I also have this, this concept of a jump start 
So often what happens when we want to do a task, we try to start doing the task right away. Um, and we're still in the mindset of what we were previously working on, right? And so the idea of a jumpstart is to identify um, an intermediate activity that jumpstarts you for the next activity. So that could be exercise. It could be like, let me get up and let me do like, you know, 50 jumping jacks. And that's going to, one, get my blood pumping and all that. And now I'm ready to go. It's going to let me let, give my brain a rest so I can disconnect from the previous task so I can start the next task. Um, but it can be lots of different things that are jump starts. Um, it is basically anything that you do either internally or to your environment to bias you toward the next task. So um, one of the classic ones is if you want to go out for a run and you tend to resist going out for a run is say, okay, I'm going to put on my running clothes, but I'm not going to go out for a run yet. I'm going to go out for a run in a half an hour, but half an hour before I go out for a run, I'm going to go put on my running clothes. Well, now you're way much more likely to go out for a run yeah. because you, you, you've primed yourself for it. So it's like this priming process. And so identifying what are those jump starts that work for you, that help you transition into an intermediate state that helps you get to your final state. Don't try to jump states. Sometimes it's fine to jump from one state to another. But if you're having trouble jumping from one state to another, try to identify the intermediate state that then makes it easier to get to your end state and use that as your jump start. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. That's also, I, I find it funny in this conversation because obviously in our coaching, we also do quite a lot with planning your day. But the concept likes implementation intentions or, in this, or this checking off of tasks. Um, I've mostly related to those when I'm talking about building habits and habits as an essential mm. thing to long-term self-improvement. But yeah, they are tying so closely together so that you can also use these implementation intentions for your scheduled tasks. Funny because I've never thought about using those in those contexts. But yeah, I'm also, they are so great. It's such a, just to remind everyone, you, you mentioned very briefly in the beginning, it's just having a certain time and location where you do things written down And it makes you actually so. It makes it so much more likely that you actually do these things. So so simple, but so powerful. And these talking about simple and powerful and prioritization. One, maybe one of the last questions because it's slowly coming to an end. What would be the number one most important um, productivity scheduling focus? Whatever, just one most important advice you would give anyone who yeah wants to become more focused, productive, and whatever. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I often say to people who aren't yet scheduling their tasks, the simple one is just schedule a task. You know, it does, you don't have to schedule your whole day. Just decide, you know, at some point in the future, you, not right now, I'm going to start this task at this time and I'm going to work for this amount of time. So I'll end at that point, right? And even if you just do one of those per day at the beginning, just to kind of get used to this idea of scheduling your tasks, that's going to make you more productive. Again, like the, the, the fixed duration is going to create artificial time scarcity, increase your focus. The start time is going to help you avoid procrastination with the task and the end time is going to create mindfulness. So those three things right there, just by scheduling the task you get, you certainly get more value as you start like scheduling more tasks, but just scheduling one, 
is the thing I do. Now, if someone's already uh, creating a schedule, um, I recommend that they try out my three-step process on that just because it will help them avoid some of the psychological biases around cheating ourselves. Um, and really, it also, uh, there's stuff we haven't talked about by keeping you in the same brain mode. Um, the commit uh, step is a brainstorming mode. It's a divergent thinking mode. Um, whereas allocating is a convergent, it's analytical mode. And just like switching between different tasks, multitasking is bad for our brains. Switching between different brain modes makes us more inefficient. So if you're going from a brainstorming mode into an analytical mode and then back to a brainstorming and you're constantly doing that, uh-huh. it's going to make it harder to kind of build that schedule. So the more you can just stay in brainstorming mode and come up with all your to-dos for the day and then switch into that analytical mode to then do the allocated, then switch into the scheduling mode, you're going to be a lot more um, efficient and effective with what your end result is. Uh-huh. Yeah, this kind of makes sense. I mean, I think with most ADHD brains, the, they are 90% in the brainstorming mode. So it always will be hard to, yeah, but it also had them get used to it. And yeah, if you tie it down to a process and chunk it and really have to transition to those kind of modes, um, definitely makes sense. Great. Uh, I loved how, how again, there was this, this constant slow but steady improvement in many, many of your answers designed in that way that you're taking steps forward, tiny steps, but um, make sure you keep moving forward. You keep improving your scheduling, improving your productivity. And if it's necessary, what you also mentioned, also it's taking a step back. A step, step back. Um, yeah, great. I think we've covered quite a lot. Is there anything be- before um, telling people where you can find yourself? Is there any other topic, any other thing you, would, you feel like is missing, you would like to add? Um... Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess just like knowing that everyone struggles with productivity in some way and everyone is just, it requires just continually, like you said, improving and getting better. So um, not beating yourself up for where you are, but retaining the uh, desire to continually improve. Yeah, I think that's a great one. Again, especially with ADHD, just um, not striving for those perfection vision, but being yeah. content with where you are, being self-aware of where you are. And if you are on an upward process, just aim to be on an upward process. Because there's every, every time make a decision, either you keep improving or you keep yeah, getting worse. And I, actually, there's one other thing related to that is a lot of times we think about, so I talked about what productivity system works for you. It's also what productivity system works for you at what points in your life or what parts of your cycles. So to say something like doesn't work for me now, it might work for me later or it's working for me now. And now I need to do something different. So like, for instance, I will schedule my day. I usually don't schedule my weekend days. I use a different process. Like if I'm doing house chores and I'll use a different process or I'll go through different periods where like, like, you know, I, I often create an annual plan that talks about like what I want to achieve in the year. But sometimes I use resolutions instead. Sometimes you, you can vary your systems depending upon where you're at and recognize I can come back to a system that it's not like the system was a failure, but maybe it wasn't appropriate for the challenges and what I needed to do in my life right now. Right. 
Yeah, very nice, very nice. I think we covered quite a lot in this uh, discussion in this podcast episode. So yeah, what really is left is where where can people find you? Of course, I will put the link in the show notes. Just tell about the closing, and of course, yeah, so anything you'd love to close, like closing words from Trevor, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> um, so yeah, if, if if people are interested in trying Daptimizer, which is the app version of this process, then add some other things. They can do a seven-day trial at uh, dayoptimizer.com. Um, they can always email me questions and feedback and all that at trevor at dayoptimizer.com. And then we are on uh, the different social networks, Facebook at Stay Optimizer, uh, Twitter at Stay Optimizer app, LinkedIn at Stay Optimizer, um, and then me personally on Twitter, I'm Fast Fedora. So those are the places people can reach me. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for the information. Thank you for yeah for being here and answering my questions. And have a great day. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. Do it.